Hi, and welcome to The Commons at HBC, a podcast and virtual space for community, conversation, and connection brought to you by the Young Adult Ministry of Highland Baptist Church in Louisville, Kentucky. I am your host, David Bannister, longtime member who's volunteered all over the church. If this is your first time listening, welcome. The concept is simple. We will meet with our guest, hear what's going on at the church, and discuss this past week's sermon. So let's get started. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Commons at HBC. As always, I'm your host, David Bannister. And today we have a very special guest who has actually been on the show before. We had to go back and I had to find the proof, but it is our very own Tori Parker. Hey, Tori, how's it going? Hi, it's going so well. Thank you. Happy to be back. Second time guest. Right? You were back on season one way back in uh what was the what was the date uh april 29th of 2020 (laughs) oh my gosh month two of covid can you believe doesn't it and it feels it feels like more than two years ago (laughs) a lifetime ago (laughs) oh my goodness right so anyway it's COVID like, was still like kind of cute and like not horrifying. I right, like right. If we were still haha, we only have a couple more weeks, right? Yeah, we're like, oh, we're just stuck at home, womp womp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and here we are. Here we are, two and a half mm-hmm. years later. You know, <laughs> aged 20 years each. And yeah. Yeah, looking <laughs> I don't have any more hair. Like I didn't have hair to lose. I I don't know how you all managed to not, but <laughs> It's a little grayer. Exactly. Exactly. Well, we're glad you're back. Um, We're going to do our fun little interview. And you've answered these questions before, so we'll probably go off topic at some point. But, um, you you know, I think you were kind Mm -hmm. of new two years ago, and Mm -hmm. now you're not kind of new. So how long have you been at Highland, and how did you end up here again? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Now, because time is all weird, I don't really... (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to say when I started coming. I think I started coming in the summer of 2019. I think that feels right. Um, Because I would have just stopped working uh, a job on Sundays. So that's when I started coming. Found out about Highland from Aaron Phelps, known Highland evangelist. Yes, because we worked at Lush Cosmetics together. And then we both didn't work at Lush Cosmetics anymore. And I followed her to Highland. Um, I was looking for a church with um with a strong kind of social justice and like commitments and also but at the same time like (laughs) a strong liturgical calendar and like deeply rooted in traditions that are familiar to me and uh yeah so that's how I ended up at Highland yeah so Um, then you got you got to Highland and you got that one nice advent and then we shut down right we shut down in the middle of Lent yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, we did. Like March 13th. Well, and I had just finished highlights. It was the, my last Sunday was my last Sunday of highlights. Um, so I was so excited. I was ready to join. I was going to join the next Sunday. <laughs> I was going to do the walk down the little aisle, the whole thing. And it just didn't happen. <laughs> but now I am in a Bible study. I'm on the Good Time Gospel Hour. Um, 
and I am the chair of the Young Adult Ministry Group. So I'm, I'm all in, baby. You've had a glow up for sure. Yeah. I know. I've taken, taken it on. Oh, uh, you know, we've had, we've all been, I don't say we all, so many of us have been Young Adult Chair. You yep. are just one long line of awesome chairs that have been there before you. Quite a legacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. As the first Young Adult Chair, I appreciate your service. Oh my I don't gosh. know if you knew that. Full I was circle. the very first. I didn't. I didn't. This is a full circle moment. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like it would have been like 13 years ago was our first year, I think, as the young adult ministry. And you're still a young adult because. We keep <laughs> because we don't have boundaries. I don't have any boundaries <laughs> here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, well. Well. <laughs> yeah. That for those five of you that listen to the podcast. You know, we'll be having conversations about that in the near future. You probably. Yeah, that's one of those HBC hot topics. That's not. Mary, uh, spoilers. Mary Alice has asked Stephen and I to host a discussion with some of our younger, some Mm -hmm. of our older young adults. (laughs) Mentally gymnasticking through that one. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I'm 37. I don't know why I keep you know, you just get so used to this being called a young adult, right? And then it's like, yeah, but when am I not? <laughs> when does it end? When does it end? So, um, yeah, no, I posted that on, I posted, you might, I think you might've saw it on Twitter. And I said, <laughs> when does the younger, when does the young adult stop being a young adult? And I, this shout out to Perry, <laughs> Perry answers, 33 that's when Jesus was crucified that's when <laughs> young adult ends and I was like that is such a Perry answer I love it <laughs> young adulthood ends when resurrection begins you're resurrected <laughs> as an old adult now so that's how you got here um, mm-hmm. you know how have you been spending your time since then we've had a whole two years of learning new things in our life we have um I bought a home I bought my first home right yeah Uh, you know so that was a journey and I said that really that was very millennial things that was a journey um but it really was like a lot of that that journey doesn't end either no and it's And like, I bought a condo because I'm a single woman. I don't need to be doing yard work. It's not a passion of mine. Um, And I don't need a ton of room. I just needed my own room. (laughs) Like I needed space that was my own that I could do what I wanted to with it. Um, And it was fun to, I felt like I was playing an adult, like going home (laughs) shopping, you know, (laughs) and getting a realtor and paying so much money. (laughs) But but, but look at it now if you did if you hadn't bought it then yeah exactly I there's nothing out there right <laughs> there's now. nothing um Kate uh who is also a young adult at Highland is currently home shopping and I'm like oh girl I'm so sorry bless her heart <laughs> that's a tough a tough one babe tough one but yeah so that was like the biggest thing that I did I got a second cat because I lost my roommate I was living with my friend Emily well, she was doing, um, she was doing her chaplaincy residency at Baptist Health peak COVID. So that was a stressor in our yeah, lives, yeah. <laughs> just working at a hospital during COVID. Um, and, but she's like my best friend and we were living together and that was really awesome. 
Um, but now I live alone for the first time ever in my life. And it's really ever. fun. Ever. I know I bought a house having never lived alone, which was insane. But I did it. No take backs. <laughs> um, yeah. I've been reading a lot more. I've written lots of plays and have, I did some of them uh, in like virtual festivals, which was cool. Founded a little theater company with my friend Olivia, full of alumni from our school. And we've done a bunch of virtual theater and you know, it, it's for fun. We don't do it so that anyone will really watch it in the end. People can, we make it watchable, but it was really just a nice way to connect with like my favorite creative people. So that was like, even if I wasn't doing something inherently creative, like writing or acting or directing or whatever, just being around it and being around other people who were doing it was enough to just keep me sane <laughs> in like Absolutely. the COVID-y time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so you became a, a more intense cat lady who writes yep. at home. Who writes right. at home. Yeah. A real murder she wrote. Yeah. Kind of yeah. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of plays, so mm -hmm. I'm sure you have something cooking on one. What's what's going on there? Are you in a play right now? Or are you rehearsing for a play then? So a fun thing is that I just finished a play, actually. So you can't go see it anymore. But it was a fun play about a woman who, it was called The Baby Maker. It was at the Bardstown. It was about this woman who finds out she's pregnant and everyone is very excited about it except her, which was a really fun thing to do. Uh, thinking about like, you know, there's just, there, that's not really a story I hear you or right. you get the experience very much of like what happens when it feels like every decision is being made around you instead of with you, you know? Um, and as like a person who doesn't necessarily want children anytime soon, I was very much. It's like, it's like prepartum instead of postpartum. Exactly. She was just like, <laughs> she was like trying to do this thing that she knew she should want and she didn't want. So that was fun. And it was fun. A lot of my friends came in to see it and I got to see people for like first time since COVID or like one of a couple times since COVID started, which was fun. But then I am starting in the late spring rehearsals for a play called Indecent which is a play by Paula Vogel, who's my favorite playwright. And it is a play about a play. So it's a play about this oh, it's a meta. older play. I know, yeah. meta, called The God of Vengeance, which was an old Yiddish play from the early 20th century about a woman who falls in love with another woman who is a prostitute. And Indecent covers like multiple times this play has been done in history, like when it was done in Yiddish in the beginning of the century and it hit in Europe when it's done in America and it's marked as scandalizing and they don't do it anymore. And then when it's done in the Warsaw ghettos and it's just one of my favorite plays that exists and I'm very excited to be a part of it. And it's going to be in the summertime and it's just so thrilling. And where's yeah. that one going to be at? It's going to be with Bunbury theater. So it'll probably be oh, the yeah. Henry Clay downtown. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love yeah. that. I love how intimate that theater is. specifically. Oh, yes. It is probably one of my favorite spaces in town. I really like the Mex too, as far as small mm -hmm. theater spaces, but the Henry Clay is just very, mm, there's something about it. And you get to walk into the Henry Clay, you feel so grand. I know. I love dressing <laughs> up and you hear your little heels clack, clack, clack as you exactly. walk down the marble stairs. Yeah. If you go at Christmas, there's a big Christmas tree in the middle and there's the piano. Yeah. It's so so did, did you, you, did you ever, you never met Emily Homagy? She got married at the Henry Clay. 
and I was at that wedding like her reception was at Henry Clay and that Mm -hmm. and and, oh my gosh it was amazing (laughs) I love yeah my friend is a wedding coordinator and she when she ever does weddings there she's just like it's just so romantic like everything is so beautiful the ballroom is so big oh anyway I yeah yeah um well, I, I've, I should have mentioned this earlier, y'all, just so you know, because we live in Louisville, um, you know, allergies and stuff. So I've been suffering and also Tori's been suffering. So if you hear us sniffling, I'm sorry, but that's what's yeah. going on. Can't be too sorry. Or, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we sound much better than we could. <laughs> yes, yes. I had a whole weekend of a sinus infection gone cool. bad from those allergies last week so I'm I'm feeling so much better good good all right well y'all we're gonna take a break um and when we come back we're gonna talk about this week's sermon um while uh in the break I'm gonna let you hear from uh last week uh they had a solo by Cameron Carnes the baritone so beautiful Um, and it it is it's gorgeous it's called when the sky was solid night so enjoy and we'll be right back
All right, welcome back, everybody. I hope you really enjoyed that solo of Cameron Carnes singing When the Sky Was Solid Night. It's gorgeous and great. Um, I loved it, so I hope you did too. Uh, so this past weekend is technically our last Sunday of Lent. Um, next week is Palm Sunday, and then the Sunday after is Easter. Um, and so uh, this is really the conclusion to the, the series we've been talking about, uh, a Darkness, as far as I know. I don't know if that's going to come up again next, next weekend, but as far as I know, this feels like a good conclusion to this series. Mm -hmm. um, and the sermon is called uh, New Life Starts in the Dark. And Mary Alice is back on the lectionary and covering Isaiah 43, 16 to 21. Um, and the summary of that is God says it's time for a new thing. Um, mm -hmm. And right before this, he's talking about the dark, the Israelites coming out of, um, you know, slavery. He led them out and now they don't know what to do. They're in exile now and they're not sure where to go. Um, and so that's where. Mary Alice kind of starts, but she starts with an anecdote that I think most people ha know about. If you've not seen the movie at this point, you should at least see the movie. If not, go read the books. But C.S. Lewis, Lion, the Witch, in the Wardrobe, um, and that moment where Lucy first travels through the wardrobe. And in the books, it's so much slower and so much <laughs> more delicate of a moment than the movie. It's but, really, it drags it out. It, you're really just on bated breath. Like, what's she going to find in this wardrobe? Yeah, yeah, but in the, in the, in the, in the movie, it's really like a month, the beginning of a montage. It's or at the end of that montage of them playing hide and seek, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very fast paced. And all of a sudden it's very still, very mm -hmm. quiet. Yeah. And, but you do have that birth, birthing, that kind of emergence moment. Yeah. Uh-huh. And yeah, do what, thinking back to that, mm -hmm. I, I never really read the books, I'll be honest, before I saw the movies. And then I went back and read the books. Mm -hmm. The books, the, the movie really prompted me to do that. Knew the story though. I feel like it's one of those universal stories that I probably heard of, or was there like a cartoon movie? There was something I know I <laughs> saw as a kid. There was a very, very bad BBC movie. That must have been it. Like I, yeah. I like the story was not unfamiliar. <laughs> Maybe the context of right. like what I don't, it was. Actually, I want to take back. I don't think it was bad. I think the actors are just kind of unfortunate looking and it's BBC in like their <laughs> 80s. So it's like a little, you know. <laughs> little low budget you got a giant puppet as lamb kind of situation as a purveyor yeah. of many lgbt <laughs> films that are all no budget yeah. like mm -hmm. i get you know. it right it's it's it is what it Very is that <laughs> but uh you know what 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 did you think of that moment when you first experienced it the the story uh -huh. the narnia well, I, it's one of those things of Narnia is one of those stories kind of like, I don't know, like a lot of the stories from my childhood that like, I have no memory of when I heard it for the first mm -hmm. time. And I don't really have a memory of seeing 
either of the movies for the first time, but I know that I listened to the audiobooks because my mom was a big audiobook person. We would have them on in the car. Um, on and like so, cassette tapes, right? Yeah. Oh, yes. On cassette tapes. <laughs> and then eventually probably CDs, but yes, cassette tapes at first, for sure, for sure. And um, I, it was one, because my mom's a pastor. So okay. Narnia was just like always in our house because it is sermon you know, material. It's sermon material. It's sermon material. It's heavy handed allegory, baby. And it's just like, this is a fun way to make kids think that like the gospels aren't boring. <laughs> Jesus is cool. You know, he's a big lion. And I was very into Harry Potter and I was very into just like fantasy stuff. So I think I was always, I mean, it, and I'm an only child. So like if I, I would wander around by myself a lot and I was at the church alone a lot. So it really, my association with Narnia was this idea that like at any given moment, you are going to encounter something magical and you have to be ready for it and you have to approach it with an open mind and you have to rise to the occasion like I was ready to be the chosen one I was ready we're ready for the dark I was ready for the darkness I was like it's gonna be hard and this is like it sounds like I'm making this up for the sake of this podcast (laughs) very genuinely I was ready to like open any door at the like old church where my mom used to work and be like it is a fantastic land and they are in need of a leader and it's going to have to be me and I'm going to have to be ready for it. Like I had, I will be your queen. Character syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I am the main character in this story. And I was just waiting for my opportunity to like be summoned to the magical realm. I, I've got to be ready. Um, so that was my kind of association with those stories is like, it's always the people who kind of least want the power and who least want the kind of glory that's why we were never chosen right that's why we were never chosen because i love the glory but (laughs) it told me that that was what they told me was just like it's the people who don't want it and they're gonna it's gonna be thrust upon them so that was my that was my (laughs) entry point into narnia into the dark and you bring up such like like i don't uh Mary Alice, I don't think this is where you meant us to go here, but we're going to go here because it's like, all right, so this is like the 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 stories we've grown up with, right? The probably most mm-hmm. formative series for me, definitely Harry Potter, right? That came out when I was yeah. 13, read it my teenage years. And yes, I was always like, oh, it, it was always a bit of escapism and hope that mm-hmm. was I really born into this family? <laughs> I love your family. I I love your family. I love your family. But like, am I actually an adopted prince from blah, 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 (laughs) that it was switched at birth, right? Like all of those stories, like really put an unnecessary amount of like hope in my life. (laughs) And also pressure Uh because I would like look around at stuff and I like, I wanted to learn different languages because I was like, if I have to lead a whole other group of people and I don't speak the language, like I'm going to need to learn that or like fighting skills. Like I really wanted to like learn archery. I rode horses for a long time, purely because I was like, I'm going to need to know how to ride a horse. Like like I was so ready to be (laughs) some sort of lady of the realm. I was much too lazy for that, but I had a wild (laughs) imagination. Yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. And then I was like, oh, actually riding horses is expensive and lame in the way that I'm doing it. So I guess I will have to quit. Um, I also wasn't very good. Um, <laughs> I come from like a family of world champions. So I was like, I'm going to quit while I'm ahead. And yeah, I just, I was, I was so determined and I, I grew up reading Bible stories too. Like, of course, and mm-hmm. old Testament stories particularly was just like, here's this unwitting, unworthy, like this worthy hero who's like, you've been chosen, get ready. You're going to have to lead him. Wrinkle in time. It's very that like, mm-hmm. you're going to have to be the leader. You're oh. the one. And it's like, bringing that one. Oh, that one just, yeah. is, oh. it has to be me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, and I was like, it's going to have to be me. I was so convinced. But then as I've grown into my adulthood, I've, you know, the world needs followers too. <laughs> Hey, you're the chair hey. of the Young Adult Ministry Group now. You were so chosen. Right. I'm a leader. <laughs> oh you were needed. You you mm-hmm. answered I the call chosen. of Gondor. You did it. <laughs> yes, I am the Aragorn of the Young Adult Ministry Group. <laughs> Many people have said. Many are saying. <laughs> oh, so anyway, so uh, Mary Alice yes. takes us takes us down this rabbit hole. You know, that's another mm-hmm. one we could just. Uh, I, mm-hmm. Anyway, there's so yeah, many. So okay. many stories that that prepared us for the darkness, right? Yeah. And not, you know, knowing knowing you and your Twitter posts a little more, that that give a different light of you. Uh, <laughs> like Yikes. we are, we are pretty uh, skeptical millennials as it mm-hmm. as it stands, and you know. We probably were, we've been a bit over-prepared for the darkness in these stories and what they've prepared us for. Yes. I think it is a dichotomy of like, we were raised on these stories and the idea that like the darkness, it's always darkest before the dawn, Mm -hmm. to quote the dark night, and also probably many other people. Um, This idea that like, oh, it's only this bad. It's this bad, which means it can only get better. Like, mm-hmm. um, so we're both raised on that idea and we're raised in this like perpetual kind of tornado of disasters. And so we just, we keep, we keep this hope that like, oh, it's going to get better because this is really bad. And it then hasn't yet. <laughs> it gets worse. <laughs> gets worse you're like oh my gosh donald trump is president it can't get worse, <laughs> it can't get worse. global pandemic <laughs> oh it can't get worse oh here's ukraine and russia world war three oh, deciding to be at war ah it can't get worse oh no new variant yeah just like the tornado keeps going but the, and that brings me to ted lasso as Mary Alice also was brought to Ted Lasso. I think the mm-hmm. spirit pulls us there. That's good. Um, yeah. She's working that way. I think there's a whole episode. I think it's the final episode of season one where here they're talking about it's the hope that kills you. And um, I think that's, that is kind of a millennial mentality of like, if I just expect the worst, then I can't be disappointed. Mm-hmm. But I have to be on Ted's side in this. Or it's like, if you don't have hope, then you don't even try. You know, mm-hmm. if you don't have hope, then why keep going? 
So I feel like that has been cling to in the darkness of like, not everything has to get better, but something will get better. Or if not, it will at least change. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that is a beautiful, um, that's a beautiful way of, of thinking about it. Like I, uh, um, the quote you, that you're referencing, the, one of the quotes that you referenced Mary Alice said uh, from Ted Lasso was fairy tales do not start nor do they end in a dark forest that sucker always shows up smack dab in the middle of the story and you know millennials like oh my gosh I'm sorry if you're not a millennial but like y'all it has been a long haul for us. <laughs> I think Gen Zer uh, Olivia Rodrigo said it best. It's brutal out here. <laughs> it's brutal out here. I mean, she doesn't know because she's 18, but <laughs> it is. Because she won three Grammys yesterday, but it is brutal right. out here. Right. I'm 19 years older than her. She's a child. She's a literal child. And watching her the on the Grammys last getting night. Getting her driver's license. <laughs> A thing I don't really even remember doing. It's been so long. <laughs> that was a dark time. Anyway, yeah. I'll never anyway, forget. That first was time. the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, Ted Lasso, it, you're you're right. Like it, the hope, it's the hope that kills. Like, is that what you said? No, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, they say they say that the the all of his kind of snarky uh british accomplices mm-hmm. say it's the hope that kills you but with his pip pip cheerio oh, yeah. optim- american optimism ted is like no i don't i don't believe that and i i like to cling to that too i like to think i'm a pretty hopeful person probably because i have a very privileged life mm-hmm. but i also like to think back to kind of what mary alice was saying that the darkness is the place where change happens Like you have to go into the darkness. You have to go into the womb. You have to go into the cocoon. You know, in the fairy tales, the good stuff is happening in the dark forest. You know, that's where all the change is happening. As a playwright, you don't have two characters, you know, not have a hard conversation and then come out two different people. That wouldn't, you know, if you just have two characters kind of just hanging out, having a good time, that's not a play. No one has undergone. It's just a Sondheim musical. <laughs> no! <laughs> Sondheim musicals are the pinnacle of two characters having a tough conversation, but in song. Um, yeah, so I, like, I don't, I don't love the idea of like that kind of toxic positivity, or maybe not even toxic positivity, but the idea of like, oh, that hard stuff, it's going to make you stronger. Like, uh, blah, blah. But like, I think if you approach every period of darkness in your life as the thing that's going to end you, eventually you're, you're going to succumb to that. Like eventually you, you develop a hope is the thing that kills you mentality. Um, and I, it's, it's so much easier to look back on periods of darkness in your life and think like, oh, right now I see the change. Now I see what I was getting from that, what I was learning from that. But in the thick of it, <laughs> it sucks so bad. It sucks so Ugh. bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
yeah yeah so you t- we talked about a lot there like the the toxic positivity mm-hmm. like, i hate it i'll just say it i hate and love the show the home edit they got a new mm-hmm. season out mm-hmm. um with joanna and clea like oh like, oh yes 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 i know what you're talking about i haven't they watched are so I know positive i don't like that mm-hmm. and it's Something so bad <laughs> gushy and i just I'm allergic to it, that positivity. <laughs> yeah. But like they, you know, they, they take a space, they make a big mess. You're mm-hmm. in that liminal space and you're like, mm-hmm. where's it going to go? What's going to happen? <laughs> and then it turns into this great thing. And then there's lots of like high pitched girl screams. Oh, fantastic. But like, Oof. it's just another one of those examples of like the that space not knowing um, yeah it's you're well, right I mean that's where the drama that's where the drama is the drama is in the those drama dark spaces. that's where the interesting stuff happens mm-hmm. I I but I also don't like you know if you're in a dark spot if you're if you're straight up not having a good time <laughs> and just in general because of something horrible that has happened or just because your brain chemistry is not helping you out at that moment. And someone's like, it's going to get better. Uh, I don't want to hear that. Right. I need you to sit in the darkness with me. Just acknowledge like, this is bad. Mm-hmm. This sucks. This is hard. And I think sometimes church can do that to people. I haven't, not, not ours, not, not that I've heard. Um, but you know, like, Oh, there's this great scene. I'm talking about theater a lot. Sorry. It's actually just like a huge part of my personality, which was very annoying, but there's this play called um, Rabbit Hole. And it is about a couple who loses their four-year-old son and he dies in a car accident. And they're really obviously going through it pretty severely. And one of the things that the woman, the mom in the story hates hearing the most is, you know, well, God just needed he's another in a better angel. place. Yeah. 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 He's in a better place. God just needed another angel. It's all part of God's plan. And like that kind of toxic positivity of like, don't be sad that your little son is dead mm-hmm. because you know, he's with God. And it's like, don't, don't force people into the light. Like you need to hold people in the darkness too. Like you can just be sad with people and that can be where the change happens. And acknowledging that there's community in grief and acknowledging that you're not alone. That can be the change that pulls you out of it eventually. But don't don't try and block it out. Mm-hmm. Fruitless. Yeah, so the last four weeks, I've just run out of the darkness to talk about for myself. So, um, <laughs> yes. but, you know, like the dark spaces I've been in, you know, mm-hmm. I've my motorcycle accident my two-year recovery of my mm-hmm. of that and my concussion um coming out right that's a pretty dark place mm-hmm. yeah being a being a millennial right like yeah. it, it just being kind of around in general <laughs> yeah but yeah all of that to say is she then asks us the question so I've talked mm-hmm. about mine the last four weeks but now you get to talk about it what liminal spice what in what liminal space are you finding yourself? Yeah. Well, right now, I'm. I find myself in a liminal space of 
and this is this is actually something I've started thinking about very recently. I'm about to get very vulnerable, and I did not expect it because this is something I don't really talk about that much. But I'm um, I was at a couple dinner parties last week um, with loved ones, people I enjoy so very much all around. But I looked around at all the dinner parties, and everyone there was married, except for me. And I am a single person and I don't have a problem with that, but I am, I'm creeping up upon the age where many of my friends are not anymore and are like happily not. And so the liminal space in my mind is like, am I actually happy this way? Or do I really want to be a partnered person who has someone in my life to share that with all the time? Or do I feel pressured to be a partnered person? And I actually really don't want that kind of relationship right now. And I'm also staring down the barrel of, do I want to have a family sometime? Mm. Because sooner rather than later, I would need to find the person that I want to do that with. Mm. If I am going to, you know. Right carry a child and so liminally it's just trying to separate my own thoughts and wants and desires from what I think I should want and that's I don't I don't know the answers I don't know the solution to that and that feels like a very selfish liminal space to be in but I panic about it all the time (laughs) Yeah, you know, and it's, I can't relate on some of <laughs> that on many of these levels. Yeah, exactly. Having been married since I was 23, or not married, but with, with Steven since I was 23, right? Exactly. But there is, this is, you're going to find this, I don't know how much you know, but mm-hmm. I learned about this recently because I went to one of the, the funerals of one of our recent members. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just was so inspired and I want you to know like there's a group of these women that are have started passing away mm-hmm. in the last over the last 10 years here and there and I one of them was was there longtime members of Highland mm-hmm. never married yeah never never partnered never mm-hmm. had kids and they're mm-hmm. all live into their into their 90s <laughs> yeah and I don't think they don't feel like their lives are empty right like I don't feel like my life is empty like I in these past two COVID years have deepened so many friendships kind of beyond what I thought possible I've made new friends in a pandem- pandemic that's crazy you know and i I've been working on other things that I know I love and want to work on in my career and my hobbies. Like I have hobbies. That's almost rare, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, to like, it's not a side hustle. Like I don't really make money off of my things. I just do them for the love of the game. Right. And meanwhile, I talk to some single friends and this, this, this push to be partnered is a full like a, a another job for them it's like a part-time gig the it's numbers trying, game 
It is. And it's just, you're going on these dates with these pointless people or probably really great people who just aren't good on a first impression or who aren't for them. But I'm like, oh, but if I do that, then when am I going to play bar trivia at the wiggle room with my friend? You know, just like, oh, mm-hmm. I have a full-time job already. I don't want another one that involves me talking to strangers a bunch. Um, but then I look at two people who are very much happy and in love and have full lives together and feel like whole people together, like many of my friends at Highland. I'm like, oh, well, that looks kind of nice too, you know? Mm-hmm. But then we'd have to share my space and I just bought this. Um, but yeah, so that's my liminal space that's right now. That's too far down the road. See, that's that's yeah. part of the problem I see sometimes. Is people, I'm thinking too people far, jump, yeah. right? And, and yeah. Yeah. like, I'll, I'll- I'm already I'll, thinking like, where would the crib go? And it's like, uh, <laughs> you have not been on a date. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's tough, right? Like, I'll be honest, like, you know, when I, when I started dating Stephen and, you know, I was much younger than I, I mean, I had hair um, <laughs> and I, I started dating Stephen and I honestly, like, that is so hard not to just jump to conclusions. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was easy. He was 18 years old when we started dating. It, he was just turning 19. I was 23. Mm-hmm. And he, first off, he chased me. He wanted, he wanted to date me. <laughs> Um, and I said, okay, but, but honestly, like that made me pause. Like mm-hmm. I didn't, it took me two and a half years before I even took him seriously. Yeah. Just because well, I was like, oh, this different. is not gonna, this isn't gonna happen. Like we're gonna <laughs> have fun while we can. Yeah. We're children. <laughs> exactly. And little did I know, I met my husband at 18 years old. <laughs> oh, see, that but, sounds nice. But, but then I'm like, ugh. But, that's but then the I have like a friend yeah. whose husband left her after 28 years. I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> so it's really a guessing game, huh? <laughs> well, that's well uh, to take it back to the sermon. That's this li- like we don't yeah. know. You don't know. You're in we the dark. Know. Like there's going to be moments of, you know, of mm-hmm. light and beautiful happiness. Wedding day being amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't mean you're always going to have happy times, right? Like my accident, I know it was a pretty low point for Steven. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, uh, you read all these terrible things happening, someone losing their partner at a young age in a car wreck or right. blah, blah, blah. And then that's not all to say like, man, that that's a darkness that I don't relate to. I hope I don't relate to. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm the happy widower at a hundred. <laughs> right like exactly. who, who has their old life together mm-hmm. um, one of our church members who lost her wife um, a few years ago she's mm-hmm. posting on the death anniversary of her her of her partner and mm-hmm. like like she said in her post that it just stuck with me is like I had a great long life and relationship with her and I can't you know I'm sad she's gone but man we had a great life together and yeah. I just you know I, I, I know I know and so but like at the same time it's like I don't know what tomorrow is going to hold and it yeah. when you're that attached to somebody and maybe you just haven't found the right person to be attached to yet yeah. but if you really want it 
ugh, I'm so sorry because the process to find it just is terrible, girl. <laughs> I know. It's the it's the process that scares <sighs> me. It's the process that makes it not feel worth it. But then it's also like, oh, I'm like a full person now. Like mm-hmm. I, oh, I'd have to readjust my life around someone. And there are so many things that I, <laughs> I won't compromise about, like being a Highland member, like being an active you know artist and that's but maybe maybe the right person won't want you to that's yeah that that yeah the right person wouldn't (laughs) but also maybe the right person you would want to compromise on something on so that's the hard part too i know we did not come here to to do relationship (laughs) advice so y'all anyway (laughs) that's the the liminal space is (sighs) you know working through it And that's, that's so not easy. And I'm not a woman. I don't have a biological clock ticking either. I get it. That's, that is not, that is not an easy space to be in, but I hope, I hope you, as you work through that, know that there are, I'm sure your friends that you start to talk to about it will support you however you decide to go. Thank you. And if you need someone to text, if you're going on some date, let me just send me where you're at. Yep. If I'm in, if I'm anywhere near a screenshot of their profile, (laughs) I have my emergency contact. I'm there. I'm there. So, (laughs) (laughs) yes. (sighs) But I'll just make sure our first dates at Old Louisville Brewery. So, yeah. Oh, you know, so many people have their first dates there. I'm serious. Yes, I'm sure. That's so intimate. <laughs> I don't know if Michelle Michelle West, who's a newer young adult, I don't know if you've met her. I love her. She's a friend of mine. She takes all her first dates there. <laughs> That's such a good idea, though, because then I could be like, Stephen, I think this guy's going to murder yeah, me. Yeah, and you can just say, hey, <laughs> hey, cute. will you go have a yeah. beer over here? Just, <laughs> exactly. just that, you know, there's always a bartender there, too, right? So mm-hmm. it's all yeah. good. But yeah, well, you know, one of the beautiful things that Mary Alice ended the sermon on, which will uh, take us towards the conclusion here, um, was this um, watch night service um, speech mm-hmm. or sermon. I'm not, I, I haven't looked it up, um, but the whole idea, um, I, man, I wrote it, I wrote down this really long quote, um, but talking about how all of this darkness we've been going through um, in light of a more of a justice lens um, mm-hmm. but against racism, against uh, uh, misogyny and sexism and um, transphobia, all of these things is one long birth that we're we're going through. We're birthing, we're being our country's being born again mm-hmm. in a non christian born again way (laughs) but in a in a in a justice way and that we're we we have to do what the midwife says which is to breathe and push Mm -hmm. and because if we don't push we will die and if we don't push this country will die this me paraphrased uh from from what Mary Alice was recounting and we will breathe and tomorrow we will begin pushing tomorrow we labor in love and I love that so much Mm -hmm. and we have 
again, we talked a lot about the darkness and literary references earlier mm -hmm. um, in this liminal space. But I feel like we have so many references for this same example of breathing and pushing. Mm -hmm. um, and the one thing, because I everything always goes back to Harry Potter for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the one moment that I think of this tonight, today we breathe, tomorrow we push. And they didn't even get to tomorrow, but it was uh, the the wedding, the wedding. Yeah. yeah. Right. That is like the one moment where they all stop. Mm -hmm. And even in the midst of all that chaos, they they have that wedding. And I think mm -hmm. it's even mom, Mama Weasley even is like, we have to do this. Like, mm -hmm. it is scary, yeah. but we have to do this. And then tomorrow we're back at it. Yep. There's, yeah, there's this beautiful poem that I, so I, I work at a glitzy place, kind of, I work in a museum and, you know, we have big fancy parties and sometimes it can feel so frivolous, the things that we do, you know, the things that anyone does when there's like a war going on and there's this beautiful poem and I'll, I'll send it so we can link it in the, in the comments or whatever, but there's a line where it's like, someone has always sipped champagne while on the other side of the world, someone who's always like, you know, been in war, like is the basic, oh, I'm quoting it terribly, but is the basic kind of premise of it, of like, we can be all things all at once. You know, just because you are having a moment of joy does not mean that you can't be ready to fight again tomorrow, or just because you are in the darkness today does not mean that you can't have like a moment of absolute peace in an hour, you know, like we can be everything all at once. Mm -hmm. We're not, we are not a cartoon character, you know? And so I love the idea of the breathe and push because it's not this idea of like a battery recharging so that it can be drained again. It's this cycle that's constantly ongoing of like, you need one for the other and you need the other to happen, like mm -hmm. to bring new life. So yeah, I love the, I love a pregnancy metaphor too. They're so powerful. This pregnancy is just like the most miraculous thing I can imagine. It's cuckoo bananas. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's such a good reminder and I'm so bad at like this, honestly, these last few years, it is so hard. I find it so hard to focus. Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's just, I'm just exhausted. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what do I, so, so I put my head in the sand. Yeah. And it's not the right answer, right? Mm -hmm. Things, the world is still moving. The world is still changing. I need to, you know, I'm reminded she's, I'm being called and reminded that like, ugh, <laughs> I need to do something. I need to write a letter to a congressperson that's going to ignore me. I need, yeah. but I still need to, to figure out some way to, I'm really good at the breathe part. Yeah, really, not, as, really not as always dedicated part. to the push. I think it's important to remember, like, do what you can with what you have, where you are. Mm -hmm. And be responsible for the people around you. Love, I mean, uplift, especially young people in your life who, you know, if we're going through the darkness, poor Gen Z, poor little oh babies, were born in the, they were born in the dark, Bane style. <laughs> so. Molded I by just, it. Yeah, they were molded <laughs> by it. <laughs> I, 
I don't do a good Bane, but I do a dumb voice. <laughs> um, so I, I think that's what I try to think of when I think of pushing is I have things that I can be like a drop in the bucket of, and I have things that I can be a faucet for. Mm-hmm. And so like, when do I turn on the faucet and really put my foot down and make a change and make a stink and be ornery and start the flood? Versus when do I count myself as one of many, who uh, many of necessary, you know, that's how I try, try and think about it. So you don't feel hopeless and powerless because you got to find the place where you can be hopeful. Yeah. That's what Ted said. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. Now, now you're uh, giving, you're, you're, you're helping <laughs> me now. So we've gone full circle in this. We're back. Uh, well, Thanks everyone for listening. I think that's a good place for us to stop for the night mm-hmm. um, or the the podcast. Um, like I said, I think this is the the last episode, the last real um, sermon for Lent. We, I'm still going to have two more guests. I have a guest next week for uh, Palm Sunday, and then I'll have one more Yay. for Easter. Um, so, and then I'll be going back on break. Um, and yeah, you may not see me again till next Easter. So, but we'll, we'll figure that out. You know, I, I, I like doing it for the special seasons. I, I, it's, mm-hmm. this, is, this is so nice. I, even, even if only, even if there was only like five or 10 of you listening, I don't <laughs> care. I'm having great conversations with people yeah. like Tori. So Tori, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me yet again. I yeah. loved doing it. Yeah, love and, getting to talk with you. Yeah, and so I'm gonna leave us with, and I read a part of it already. I'm gonna read the end of of that quote from the Watch Night service that I paraphrased down um, in my notes. Um, and so I will see you next time. But here it is um, from Valerie Ka- Valerie Kerr. Uh, because if we don't push, we will die. And if we don't push this country, we will die. We will breathe, and tomorrow we begin pushing. Tomorrow we labor in love.